Today, for our fourth episode, we're going to talk about Good Friday. We're going to look at Matthew 27, 32 to 37. It's in the New Testament section of your Bible, about four-fifths of the way through. Get your Bible in print or in digital form, unless you're cooking or swimming or something. We'll be reading that passage in a minute. Check out our first podcast, number zero, Living Water Radio, welcome and introduction for info on us and the background of this podcast. My name is Pastor David Burkadall. My wife, Reverend Sally Welch, is co-producing this podcast. Sally is a United Church of Christ slash Christian Church Disciples of Christ ordained minister, focusing on ecumenical and interfaith ministry. I graduated from St. Olaf College in Northfield, Minnesota, and Pacific Lutheran Theological Seminary in Berkeley, California. I served Lutheran Christian congregations in Compton, California, and San Dimas, California for over 40 years. I worked in a variety of blue-collar summer jobs in college and seminary, served in the Marine Corps, played drums in jazz bands through college and seminary, and was a competitive master's swimmer on a team before the pandemic. Today, doing gardening and landscape maintenance is my gym, and I'm active as a volunteer in the leadership of the 110 Evangelical Lutheran Church in America congregations in our area. I have a t-shirt that says, Body Piercing Saved My Soul. Appropriate for Good Friday. I read an article recently on what was selling out in grocery stores. In our area, healthy alternatives are flying off the shelves, but in some other parts of the country, not so much. I saw a photo online of a shelf of herbal tea that was almost fully intact, except for the section marked stress relief. We are all feeling that stress today. Here's a description of the meaning of this day found in Matthew 27:32 through 37. As they went out, they came upon a man from Cyrene named Simon. They compelled this man to carry his cross. And when they came to a place called Golgotha, which means place of a skull, they offered him wine to drink mixed with gall. But when he tasted it, he would not drink it. And when they had crucified him, they divided his clothes among themselves by casting lots. Then they sat down there and kept watch over him. Over his head they put the charge against him, which read, This is Jesus, the King of the Jews. Stress doesn't begin to describe the experience of today's theme. False charges, torture, and a gruesome death are today's theme. It's Good Friday, bad for Jesus, but very good for us. Here, the selfishness of the world and the selflessness of God are both on display. Here, our salvation is accomplished. Jesus, fully God and fully human being, does for our salvation and the salvation of the world what human beings could not. He bridges the gap between God and human beings with his death on the cross so that we know eternal life by faith and baptism, the totally unearned gifts of God to all who would receive them. We are all undergoing a lot of stress, and today in the church year offers little relief, at least from the events themselves. Death is today's theme. We are, we are told, now in the midst of the deadliest part of the contagion. On Good Friday, we mark the death of death because Christ died. This year, because of the coronavirus, the tomb of the Holy Sepulchre, the traditional location of Jesus' sacrificial death on the cross and nearby burial, has closed indefinitely for the first time since the 1349 Black Plague. 
I'm sure people then were asking the same questions people are asking now. Good Friday is especially meaningful, therefore, because it gives us insight into one of the big questions, where is God in my suffering? We see part of the answer through the events in the Garden of Gethsemane, where Jesus prayed the night before he died. Would you want to know the hour that you would die? Jesus knew the suffering that was coming next. He prayed so intensely that he literally sweat blood, asking God if there might be another way. But nevertheless, he offered himself to the will of God. In addition to his enormous physical pain, he felt that he had been forsaken by God. Many scholars believe that it was that moment when the sins of the world were placed upon him, and he died. Ellie Wassell, in his book Night, tells the story of a group of men who were sentenced to death by hanging for trying to escape Auschwitz, where Ellie Wassell was also a prisoner. There were nine men and a teenager. When the lever was pulled, each of the men died, but the neck of the teenager, perhaps because of his suppleness, did not snap. Instead, he hung there, dying on the gallows. Ellie Wiesel said that he heard a voice, not being sure whether it was from within him or from someone else, saying, Where is God? After several more moments, it said, Where is God now? And another voice said, He is there, hanging on the gallows. Any other answer, Wiesel said, would have been blasphemy. What does that story mean? Is it about the end of hope, the end of belief? Or is it God present with us in our suffering? I've heard it said that we are living in uncertain times, but I wonder, are events in any time certain? What can we hold on to that is sure? Living water in the time of Jesus meant moving waters, like rapids or a swiftly moving stream. Rain now fills our streams, and they move, they flow, that is, they live. They are not stagnant. They bring change all around them. They overflow their boundaries. They bring life to us and to everything we depend upon. They are the same, yet always different. Living waters, the metaphor found in both the Old and New Testaments of the Bible, describes the work of the Holy Spirit, the third person of the one God, the ongoing presence of God for good in the world. Living waters point to God's action in our baptism. We belong now to God. God has died for us, and nothing can separate us from the love of God in Jesus Christ. Today, let's pray for those struggling for racial equality and for those who protect and serve. And let's remember to pray the Lord's Prayer today, the one that Jesus taught us. If you don't know what that is, contact us at therevsdavidandsally at gmail.com and we'll send it to you. Put your prayer requests in the comment section, and we'll include them next time. As always, we encourage you to stay hydrated. Open your hearts to receive the living water from the source, God's self, the living presence of the one true living God, the God who alone gave himself on the cross so that all who believe and are baptized might be restored to the living relationship with God for which we were created. Remember your church, Identify one if you don't already have one. Ask a friend, Google it, do some research, look around, phone the pastor. Go to or tune into what worship services they have currently available for you and support the church financially 
so that it will be there when we come back to fully physically present worship together. Support your pastor and church leaders. Pray for them and help them in any way that you can. If you or a loved one are having thoughts of suicide or are struggling with mental health issues, call somebody. Google your local hotline or the national ones. You are not alone. Wear a mask when you're outside your home. Practice social distancing. Wash or sanitize your hands regularly. Avoid crowds and be outside if you have to be in one. Be kind to everyone you come into contact with, including those who sacrifice their security to provide for yours and for those you are sheltering with in isolation. That's it. Thank you for listening to Living Water Radio. We are here for Christians and for the people in the Los Angeles metropolitan area who are looking for a sense of Christian community, a source of hope, and a way to thrive together during this global pandemic. We hope you'll tune in next time and invite your friends to do the same. Meanwhile, Sally and I encourage you to open your hearts to receive living water and stay hydrated.